Talk features thought leadership interviews with bank and credit union executives. If you are the CEO or would like to be an executive one day, this is the podcast for you. Learn something new in each episode to improve the performance at your financial institution. And now here's our host, Charlie Kelly. Hi, and welcome to Bank Talk. This is Charlie Kelly, your host and managing partner at Remedy Consulting. Today's topic is cybersecurity and managed IT services. As you can imagine in the in the podcast business, you're always looking for new topics. Today's topic came from a survey that was run by the Minnesota Bankers Association. And what they had asked is they were asking CEOs of community banks uh, what was keeping them up at night. And oddly, um, IT services and technology, as well as cybersecurity, were up right amongst the top of the list. So what we did was we decided to reach out, find a security expert and uh, somebody who does this for a living. And uh, we should have an interesting conversation today with uh, Brad Giddens from Caltech. So thank you for joining us and let's give it a listen. Hi, today on Bank Talk, we're going to be discussing managed services and uh, cybersecurity. So we brought in a specialist to walk us through kind of what's going on out there and see if we can develop a, a unique perspective on, on some of this. I have with me today Brad Giddens, Senior Business Development Executive at Caltech. Brad, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Charlie. I appreciate it. And you've been at this a while, right? You know, I have. Yeah, I've been at Caltech for over 10 years now and working with community banks and credit unions. Um, I guess it's over 14, almost 15 years now. Wow. So it's been uh, a while. The, those of our listeners who you know don't really understand the managed services pieces, I thought I would spend just a second trying to put that in perspective. I think of managed services different than I think of outsourcing your, let's say, your core or your e-commerce. You know, for those of you a little less familiar with this, tech, where technology has gone over the last few years, it seems like most banks and credit unions, where at one point they might have had their core on a server in the bank, the trend seems to be moving towards letting your your core vendor outsource that and run it at their location. We're going to uh, just slightly different than that is what we're talking about today. Today, we're talking about managed IT services. And Brad, when I think about this, right, I, I think of managed services as, you know, hosting Office 365, desktops, you know, security threats via email, maybe email backup, more the systems that affect your internal employees, I suppose, than, than maybe a bank's external customers. Do, do I have that right? I mean, yes, the right direction, most definitely. All of those, I would say, are elements of managed services. You know, really, I guess at a high level, managed IT services, it's when a bank or a credit union delegates those IT operations, you know, so things like email or desktop management, things of that sort. And it can be in part or delegates them as a whole to a third party that specializes in, in handling exactly those, you know, type of scenarios. Is it fair to say, Brad, that when you think of this, it, it doesn't necessarily just have to be the mail server and those types of things. It could be uh, an application sitting on a server that just resides in the bank. And the reason Absolutely. that they might want to 
you know, have somebody else outsource that is because, you know, potentially just the complexity around this and then, you know, the way seems things seem to be going. Absolutely. No, and you're exactly right. And, you know, managed services, it doesn't necessarily mean, because a lot of times when we think of like a core, you know, it's a lot of times it's either the core is in-house or it's, you know, hosted with the core provider. Managed services on the internal network side, it doesn't necessarily mean that that network is no longer at the bank. Um, it could be at the bank or it could be hosted you know, with a managed service provider, it really is more the responsibilities of managing that network. So, I mean, it could be anything from password resets to, I mean, IT strategy, IT planning, and really everything in between is kind of what we would think about on the managed service side of things. I know that when we hear of a bank or a credit union that's that's thinking about moving to managed service, one of, at least in my opinion, it's always been one of two things. It's been you know, they have an internal something going on with the internal employees, somebody retiring, et cetera, or, sure. you know, concerns about cybersecurity because it just changes is becoming so much more complicated these days. So I thought what we could do, if you're good with it, is I, I thought maybe you could share a couple of perspectives on, you know, yeah. things you've seen out there. And, and we, if you're good with it, let's kind of start with employees. Are, you, are there any scenarios out there that you can think of that you guys have run into the reason that they decided a bank or credit union decided to to move this over was because of you know what was going on internally. Sure. No, absolutely. So, you know, some of it is going to kind of really just depends on the talent internal oftentimes, you know, um, as you kind of alluded to a minute ago, the way that just the trends are, there is so much that IT is involved with these days. You know, there's so much an IT person has to know. And so one of the first reasons a, a bank or credit union may look to a managed service provider is because those providers can hire and retain top talent um, to provide these skills. And then they can can share that across multiple customers, you know, so it allows the community bank or the community credit union to have top tier IT talent without having to hire those internally, you know, and they can focus on banking, essentially. I would kind of think that these days, that specialty, right, and the depths within the specialty is becoming more and more important. And, you know, maybe, maybe you used to be able to get away with a network admin who maybe knew a little bit about operating systems, but then had sort of a broad knowledge of email, etc. But, you know, with as specialized as as some of this is becoming, specifically, you know, cyber attacks and those types of things. Exactly, which sure seem like you got to hire depth more than more than a generalist. Absolutely. What is it? Um, jack of all trades, master at, master of none. Oftentimes, you know, and and you're exactly right. That has worked for years on the IT side of things. I think it's just the threat landscape, if you will, for our community banks and community credit unions has really just gotten, I mean, it's just gotten so much worse to where you do. You've got to have that specialty, you know, in, in different areas. And so, yeah, that would be one of the main one of the main reasons that a bank or credit union would look at um, outsourcing. And again, it's either maybe to augment an internal team where they don't have that specialty or it's to do all of it, you know, outsource to someone. We've also seen where, I can think of a specific example with, some cust- with a customer that came over to us where their IT director was retiring and they reached out to us, oh goodness, Charlie, 12 months before then, um, before their retirement date, decided they didn't want to rehire. You know, they they want to focus on banking and not focus on hiring IT people. And so they brought us in 12 months earlier, you know, to, to learn from that IT director and to slowly transition over. 
great. You know, those are, are ideal scenarios um, when you can do that over time. I'm also thinking of another bank that it was the complete opposite. Um, they had a, an IT manager that the CEO, there just was no more trust anymore. That individual, all of our conversations, all of our negotiations with the CEO and the CFO were, were away from the bank, either at our office or another location. And they decided to outsource it you know, everything that the IT support over to us. We showed up, you know, the Friday morning at 8 a.m. to to transition them over and the sheriff was in the parking lot to make sure the IT manager (laughs) complied and and gave us passwords and all that. Now that's the other extreme and we have seen everything in between. That would be, you know, another example of banks or credit unions really just needing to replace either somebody that's leaving or somebody that needs to leave, I guess. Yeah. And I suppose, especially if, you know, with uh, employee situations and what have you, if somebody leaves, you're kind of on the hook at that point, right? Because you you may or may not know how much how much internal knowledge you're taking with them, especially in the tech world. Because it, it, at least in my experience, it seems like a lot of, you know, the bank CEOs and eh, maybe the CFOs, but might be a little more attuned to it. But if you think about it, I mean, typically IT is probably the one area of a community financial institution where there is not much cross-training. There, almost every other area of a bank or a credit union, somebody could step in, you know, if somebody was out or, um, you know, if it's new accounts or lending or, or what have you. IT is kind of that one area where you don't really know what they're doing, <laughs> but you need to have that, you know, open trust and dialogue. But um, you're, you're exactly right. Okay. So thank you. I appreciate the stories. Sure. Um, let, let's talk a bit about cybersecurity. Uh, you know, I, my, my goal here wasn't to get, you know, real in-depth into, you know, what cybersecurity is, but may, maybe a brief overview. Well, you know, when, when, when you hear cybersecurity, that term could mean a lot of things. I, and I guess my, my thought would be, what kind of threats are out there? What are you seeing? You know, what should a, you know, a CEO be concerned with? You know, at, at the high, I guess, if you wanted to, to paint a broad brushstroke, cybersecurity is going to be that merging of, of people, processes, and technology. So really kind of all three of those to help keep an organization and their data secure you know, and out of the hands of of malicious, we would say malicious actors, you know, or people that want to profit from that data, you know, and and that those cyber attacks, they can range, Charlie, from a CEO clicking on an email link that they should not have clicked on. You know, that's email phishing, where, you know, the bad guys are just trying to get login information for an account um, to, I mean, everyone's probably familiar now with the SolarWinds, you know, breach that was announced last month and the the depths of that and how it was more of a state, you know, attack from uh, another country. So really, it's everything in between there. What our bankers are going to see and credit union execs are going to see the most is going to be on the email phishing side of things. I mean, there has been a huge uptick the last, I would say, six, eight months in the, I guess, cyber threats or cyber attempts on the the phishing, email phishing side of things. A few things I've heard there is it could be anything from the, you know, a, a link or it could be something as, as maybe sophisticated as somebody gets hold of the email, sends uh, something over to the CFO to pay XYZ bills, right? That exactly. don't exist. I mean, yeah. Pretty, it pretty is. Broad range so. so the first one would be somebody, you know, clicking on a link, entering in their information. That would be where, you know, there's compromise to their account because they put in information into a site that they thought was legit, but it ended up not being, you know, legit. The other is where it kind of called email spoofing, where, you know, it looks like it's coming from the CFO, but it's really not. And, you know, the, the, the reason being for that is over the last, oh, goodness, probably a year or so, 
cyber criminals, they have gained a much better understanding of the value of an organization's data. So because of that, the price of these ransoms, you know, if, if, if a ransomware attack is successful, I mean, Charlie, we've seen the increase in those ransoms. It's been substantial, um, exponential increase over the, you know, previous years when we first saw you know, ransomware attacks. It might be, must be some combination of how do you get them to pay fast, right? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. how much can you get them to pay? Something exactly. along those lines, I would think, right? You're exactly right. It's it's just try, they're, they're casting a broad net. You know, they are not, uh, the bad guys, they're not targeting it exactly or specifically, you know, a, a small financial institution. They're just sending the email to everybody. Click uh-huh. of a button, they can send millions of emails out and they're just waiting for that one person to click. And then that's where they get targeted, you know. Uh, and so, unfortunately, I mean, Charlie, I think there's still some of our, our banks and credit unions that don't truly understand the value of their own data. And, and these bad guys maybe know more <laughs> the value of that data. Um, and so that's what we're trying to help stay ahead of as well, you know, and helping on the cybersecurity threat side of things. Yeah, the bad actor might be your CEO often because, you know, they're maybe the least likely to attend any training you might be putting out there that may be the busiest person in the bank, right? I mean, th- those might be the ones that are, um, you know, ha- have the potential maybe to, to be clicking on something that they might not have otherwise. Have. Exactly. Yes, uh, that's a good way to put it. Because of all the demands on the C-level, they oftentimes are more susceptible because they, they're trying to get it all done. You know, they wear multiple hats too, and they're trying to do what's right by the customer and service their customers well, and sometimes may not be thinking when they're clicking or things of that sort. Or yeah, couldn't attend the, the last month's training and, and all of that good stuff. Now, I've heard a few bankers that just seem to put a little more faith in their cybersecurity insurance than I would have thought they would have wanted to. You know, because in my opinion, I, I always think of that, you know, you, you have to be insured, correct? But yeah. the last thing you want is you, you don't want a disruption where you've got to go tell a client something happened. And you don't want a disruption where, honestly, you don't want that thing to ever have to pay off. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and you're right. It is necessary for you know banks, credit unions to carry cybersecurity insurance because it does. It helps mitigate some of those risks. I mean, it's everything from you know they have negotiators that can negotiate the ransom if if there were a ransom that had to be paid. But you know, Charlie, the biggest things that the insurance, I guess, the biggest thing the insurance doesn't cover is that reputation risk. That's really, and I even think sometimes is that's harder to recover from than the incident itself. So for our community banks, community credit unions don't want to be the low-hanging fruit, you know, for the bad guys in that regard. You want to have the right measures in place to protect your data because it, and it does take a lot of work, you know, to stay ahead of the curve. Yeah. If, if you have the most lax securities, someone's going to find you. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and, and we alluded to it earlier, but it, it's, it is, it's increasingly harder for the institution to find those experts, you know, to, to stay ahead of the curve. And so that would be the other, as we were talking about, that would be another area where they would be outsourcing that support because you can, you can get those top tier, you know, engineers or cybersecurity experts and then spread that knowledge across multiple institutions. Yeah. Well, so if, if I'm a CEO, or, you know, or a set on a board of directors, and I'm not particularly tech savvy, right? Mm-hmm. What should I be? What should I be asking my internal people? You know, when you have come in to do an analysis, right? yeah. What are you looking for that maybe they don't know? You know, a CEO might not know the questions to ask. No, that's and that's a great question. Uh, how would encourage them? First of all, talk to their team. You know, talk to those high producers or your managers or, or your C level team as well. Ask if there's any bottleneck with productivity. Is there? Ask if there's anything holding employees back from being more efficient 
in their work. If there's open communication, you know, at the institution, I would think they would say something, you know, they would let you know. Secondly, I mean, our bank's credit unions, they go through audits and exams. That could be a place that you look, look at your most recent audit, you know, are there any recommendations? Are there any repeat findings? Um, you'd be surprised oftentimes how, you know, an institution will, will let a finding show up again, you know, on the report or, or on the audit or on the exam. That's not a good thing, uh, especially in the examiner's mind. That would be where they might could identify knowledge gaps um, if they do have an internal IT team or if they're outsourcing and they're in the outsource company is not doing what they need to do. I guess the only the only warning on the audit exam side is that's just a point in time check. And you know, really it's just checking what is being told to the auditor. It really is not going in and verifying. You know, so if the IT manager says, yeah, we've got backups in place or yeah, we've got disaster recovery in place and it's X, Y, and Z, it doesn't necessarily go in and test that. It just takes them at their word. You know, so sometimes, yeah, sometimes you would need maybe a third party to come in and do some evaluation, you know, not an audit, but a true evaluation where they test and verify, you know, what the bank is saying or what the bank says is being done. Somebody that understands kind of the technology within the, commu- within the community banking sphere and can kind of give some direction to that CEO as far as, hey, here are your strong points and then here are some you know areas for improvement and how to improve those. Yeah, and that's a great point. I guess I never thought about the productivity side of it, right? Because yeah, because it's not all about security, right? Some of it is, are your people operational and are they, right? Or are they hanging around waiting for a password to be reset or are they because, you know, Bob's on vacation or the the, the potential things that could go wrong from a, productivity perspective and you might not know it if you're you know if you're Absolutely. Not close to those folks right yeah and we had a, a large bank that came over to us and I mean they they did fine on their IT exams they got good scores but when we got in there they were just they kept talking about the bottlenecks so we got in there and there are three different firewalls you know for the institution and just from a very high at least from a, a technical support level there really is no need to have you know multiple firewalls you, you get a good one that works well and, and keeps out the threats but what that ends up doing is if there is a firewall rule change or if there's maybe data that's not getting out, you've got to go to three different places and dive into logs, you know, to figure out where the breakdown is. So that is where, while IT may look good from an audit or exam perspective, like you said, when you dive into the productivity of it, you know, or how well are employees able to get their job done, that is sometimes where the breakdown is. Um, And you've got to be able to know both sides of that. You know, you got to be able to know when, hey, three firewalls is overkill versus when some things are not overkill, you know, and you do need to have in place for sure. Well, and, and another point, I guess, with that for the CEO, I would say and probably the, the one that we're seeing more and more recommendation we're making more and more is for that CEO to really understand their cyber risk and to communicate that to the board. And so that would be asking their team, asking their internal IT manager, not just letting them tell you what that is, but letting them tell you more of what you're doing to mitigate those risks. The risk, the cyber risk of that organization, it definitely has direct correlation to their financial risk as well. And so that is probably the area more and more that we're seeing CEOs needing to have more of an understanding of. Uh, So if there is a difference spread between bank or credit union that has this already outsourced, so they're using a managed services provider. Is there, is there a different set of questions you might ask than you, what you might be asking your internal people? Really kind of diving into that, those same sort of, you know, productivity, cybersecurity, threat level. Type yeah, it, it definitely would be. I guess it would be a little bit different spin because if they are already outsourced, I mean, I guess the great thing is, is 
they do have they have options. You know, some of the hardest thing for a community institution is, you know, if they have an internal team, it is hard for them to think about those folks maybe not being there or or changing their position. You know, they don't want to they don't want to fire anybody essentially. You know, and even if maybe they don't have the best folks, you know, doing IT, it's still hard for them. Um, if they're already outsourced, it is still kind of the same thing. It would just be maybe asking a different way. You know, looking first of all, looking at the level of service being provided. You know, are issues being handled quickly, um, or do I have to follow up multiple times? It is. It is extremely hard. Uh, just having been in this for ten plus years, it's very hard to give great customer service on the IT side of things. And so, but there are companies that do it well. One great check that they could do is Glassdoor.com is you know common website where employees can rank. They're, you know, rank custom or rank companies. Go on and look at the the company that you work with on Glassdoor. You know, see what employees are saying about the company. Cause HR, I guess MSPs or managed service providers, they are highly dependent on their HR capital. You know, and if their employees are not happy, it's likely the bank or credit union, you know, won't get the best service from those employees. One area they could could check. And yeah, the other would be security. Are they really coming? Are they proactive on the security side of things? Do they understand the security threats for a bank or for a credit union specifically? Are they getting the updates they need to be able to stay ahead of the curve in that regard? Okay, um, so yeah, those would be the big ones. We're about to wrap up here. What else did we miss? No, we talked through a lot. I would just, I guess, Charlie, I would just say that the stakes are too high, I feel like, for our, our community institutions, community banks, community credit unions, for them not to have exceptional, you know, IT or cybersecurity, whether that's internal, whether that's outsourced, you know, there it's just, yeah, the threat, the threat landscape, the, the risk are too high. Yeah, and I, um, I know you were telling me a little bit about your head of IT and security. And I think that that position, at least in my opinion, looks a little different than what an IT manager or a security manager at a bank might look like, right? In other words, in other words, just more depth in Absolutely. into um, the types of or how much time maybe you're spending on some of these security threats and those types of things. Um, that's probably the area that makes me the most nervous for our, you know, banks and credit unions. Um, like you said, we've got, I mean, our information security team. It is six engineers. You know, we have a director. We've got five security analysts. We are constantly working, you know, to monitor threats, to stay ahead of the curve, to collaborate with regulators, you know, about improvements to the regulatory process. The reason it makes me nervous is because when you compare that to, you know, an internal maybe security officer who also wears multiple hats, man, I know it's just, it's a huge disadvantage. And now that that security officer is doing anything wrong, it's just they they only have so much time. They only have so much knowledge that one person can have. And so that'd probably be the area that makes me the most nervous for our community banks and community credit unions. That's just a lot to put on one person that's also doing other tasks as well. Yeah, that's a good perspective. All right. Well, thanks, Brad. I, I appreciate you joining us. Sure. If people want to reach out to you, where, where can they get you? Brad at Caltech.com or um, phone number, our main number, 325-223-6100. Uh, but yeah, would love to answer any questions. And I appreciate the time, Charlie, most definitely. Okay. Well, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thanks. Well, we appreciate Brad Giddens joining us. I think today's conversation, you know, at least from my perspective, kind of came down to two things. If if you feel like your team is productive, then you're probably in pretty good shape. If you feel like your team has a real good understanding of cyber threats and those things, and and you know, co- continues to take continued education and those types of things to improve the way that they handle their job, you you may be in good shape. But you know, never stop asking the questions. So that's it for today. Thank you for joining us here on Big Talk and keep on learning. This is Charlie Kelly.
To connect with Brad, please email him at brad at caltech.com, C-A-L-T-E-C-H.com. Thank you for listening to the Bank Talk podcast. Our podcast has been brought to you by Remedy Consulting. Check us out at remedyconsult.net or banktalkpodcast.com. And we will see you in the next episode. 